Hey, what's going on? This is Gay Sports. We're back in here with another episode. It's been a while um, since you're going to be back here with Reese. We're going to talk about everything NFL. The season just started a couple weeks ago. Um, everything's in full force. We had a lot of crazy games um, the first two weeks, a lot of storylines, a lot of things to talk about. So, uh, Reese, thanks for joining me. Yeah, man. I'm excited to get these going again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we get into the football, uh, why don't we have our beer segment? I don't have one today, but Reese has one um, that I would love to hear about. Yeah, I, uh, of course I have one. Um, just happen to have one in the fridge. So this one is... God, I need to make sure I'm reading this right. It's Thorn Brewing is the uh, the brewery, and it's a Gott Nelson. IPA. Obviously, if you're looking, it's the beer can that caught me. It's a West Coast IPA 7.0. Um, the flavor profile, it says it's fruity, tropical, notes of white wine and gooseberries. Front and center with a dry finish from the Nelson hops. So I guess that's why it's called God Nelson is because these Nelson hops in there. Okay. It is a uh, Thorn. Have you heard of Thorn Brewery? It's a, it's a small little one in uh, San Diego. Thorn Brewery? No, I don't think I have. Yeah, I would just randomly, randomly see them down there. Um, hmm. I feel like you might actually like this one. Even though it's 7.0 for like an IPA, I feel like you would kind of expect that to be pretty, a little bitter and stuff. Um, it's actually really light. Okay. Yeah, it's actually really good. I'm going to give that a... Uh, just because we're back and I'm happy to be back. I'm going to give it a solid eight. <laughs> a solid eight. <laughs> okay, love, love it. Love to see that. Um, so the things I want to talk about in the NFL, we're going to do a little differently. Um, we're going to have our storylines. I'm going to ask you some questions. Uh, we're going to do our week three previews for all the big games um, and then our fantasy check-in. So the first storyline, um, you know, it is – my podcast, so I feel like it's appropriate to talk about the Rams um, because I'm honestly I've been very happy with uh, our quarterback and the offense so far. You know, um, you know I think it's looked really good, and Stafford looks like he already has like a amazing relationship with uh, Cooper Cup. Like they've been playing together for like 15 years. Um, so far, Cup's been lighting up the you know the leagues and he's second in receiving yards. Um, and, you know, Robert Woods, he hasn't maybe had as many yards, but, you know, he's still making uh, clutch plays. Um, the offense is playing really well. Um, you know, Reese, what are your thoughts looking at it from a neutral par- party? Yeah, I mean, I think everything you kind of said, uh, everything with Matt Stafford, like, I, I guess my whole thing with this Rams team is just the questions that we would still have with them that we had coming into the year with, like, their run game and stuff like that. Um I think uh, the expectation of Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, all that kind of stuff is, um, I think that was there. A lot of people would be pretty disappointed if they weren't clicking uh, the way that they were, not to give them credit. Because like you said, I think uh, for it to work as nice, nicely as it has in these first two games is obviously pretty impressive. But moving forward, I don't think that um, you know Sean McVay and this Rams team is off the hook in terms of questions. I think um, I'm a little bit just as like a little bit of an outsider looking in. Maybe you can answer this a little bit better, but I am still a little bit worried about that rush game and 
just who's going to carry them all year and stuff like that. Cause I know, I mean, they traded a lot away for Sony Michelle, but it doesn't look like he's really getting the work that he's um, that we were expecting from him. So is it just going to be the Daryl Henderson show all, all year? Or like what, what, what are we expecting now? Uh, so right now Henderson's hurt. He has a uh, bruised ribs. Um, and so he, there's a chance he misses uh, game time. Sony, I believe had 10 carries last week against the Colts. Um, you know, Honestly, looked pretty decent, all things considered. I think he had 10 carries for 46 yards, something like that. Um, okay. And I think he did, you know, pretty solid for someone who basically came off the street um, and wasn't on a team um, in a couple of weeks ago and just thrust into this role, into a new offense. Um, you know, whether it's sustainable, you know, we'll obviously find out. But the thing I like about Sony is that he can uh, catch passes. He, he did a lot of that in New England. Um, he's good, you know, out of the backfield receiving and I can imagine that we're going to be throwing the ball a lot um, um, like you know and we what we saw I think is I look at the Ravens right the Baltimore uh, the running backs they they lost so many of their players uh, due to injury you know you had you have Devontae and uh, Le'Veon Bell um, who's they've picked up so I feel like we can find somebody um, hopefully you know just to kind of uh, you no one's going to make up like for Cam Akers or if Delaware Henderson's hurt longer uh, for their production. But I think since we're going to be passing so much and, you know, hopefully the only time we're going to need to run the ball is when we're up late and we need to run the clock, you know. Um, but, you know, even though running backs are, you know, you, you could you could say that they're, um, you know, less and less value in today's NFL, I, I think you still need some, some uh, semblance of run game. So I think McVay, will, his scheme will, is, is good enough to, like, I think just – have any running back you can insert him and it'll work yeah he's always been pretty good about just having that uh not only rotating guys in but i mean i don't think anybody expected malcolm brown to be as valuable as he was down the stretch um last year so it's yeah who knows who the hell is going to be there and like you said if they're passing you know 40 to 50 times a game then uh you don't really need a solid workhorse guy like that so yeah, I mean, I think everything you said was pretty, um, like, I think it's it's tough to be excited for for the Rams. Um, the, only, the only worry for me and them is obviously that division and how good everybody else in that division um, looks right now. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously it's early and still a lot of uh, football left to be played. So definitely, uh, definitely going to be exciting watching that over there. And especially in that new stadium, man, I, we got to mention that, that it, like no, watching absolutely. the Rams play and like with their jerseys on that turf, it, it really felt like they finally had a home. And I don't know, like ever since they've been in LA, I've always like struggled with that and stuff. But th- that was like the first time I was watching the Rams where I was like, dude, like, like this is the LA football team, you know, like it, it really, I don't know why. And maybe that pisses you off here and that, but um, I just thought the new stadium really just added like a different element to it all together for sure. Yeah. Definitely glad to have it back. You know, um, I got some friends texting me like, they're like, Hey, that's a nice looking stadium. Um, so you can't wait to see it in person. Um, you know, love seeing it for like a primetime game that we saw it on a Sunday night. Um, and, you know, it doesn't hurt that, you know, you're winning games in there too. So oh, absolutely. Speaking, yeah, speaking of the division, that's a great point. You know, um, it's going to be a battle, you know, the whole season. We'll see, you know, the Cardinals, um, I think they've kind of been a little bit surprised, especially their defense. They had an outstanding week one. Um, and the Seahawks, they, 
they blew a late lead and lost in overtime. Otherwise, everybody in the division would be undefeated. So, um, yeah, it'll be a battle throughout. I actually made a bet with one of my coworkers um, that the Rams are going to have a better record than the Niners. He's a Niners fan. So, you know, I think it's going to be neck and neck uh, throughout the season. We'll see. I was going to say the Niners have been a little surprising to me too. Just the fact that they're sitting at two and zero, and I don't know. I just don't feel like they've played the best football, but when you're sitting there at two and zero and you haven't played the best football, then you got to feel pretty damn good about yourself. So, you know, because then it's like crap, like what, what's it going to look like once things start clicking over there? Um, right. Yeah. Um, good. Niners is that Jimmy, he's, He's looked up and down, um, and who knows? Like maybe Trey Lance, t- he steps in at some point, takes them to a, an even higher level. That would be, um, you know, I think that would be concerning for the rest of the N- NFC for sure. Absolutely, yeah. The the quarterback playing this division is just next level right now. So um, the Titans had a rough week one, um, as we mentioned. They got absolutely mauled by the Cardinals, um, but they bounced back. You know, they were down early in the Seattle game, um, but it seemed like the offense really started to click. Um, you know, and the, they really found something with Derrick Henry and Julio in the second half. Julio, um, you know, he carried them the first half. He, I believe he had like 100 yards receiving in the first half and all, uh, nearly a touchdown that was called back. And then Derrick Henry just takes over uh, in the second half. So the reason I bring up the Titans is that I feel like they really are the biggest wild card for me in the AFC because um, – they have such a high ceiling with all the talent they have. If they can make it all click and connect, you know, in a playoff game, I think they, they could really beat anybody on a, on a given Sunday um, because of just the talent that they have. So how do you feel about that, Reese? Yeah, I mean, I think just the past couple of years, they've obviously established themselves uh, as a contender in the AFC. Um, but it's just about making that next step and how they're going to beat uh, the Chiefs moving forward, how they're going to, you know, take that leap to actually uh, get to the Super Bowl because that's obviously their goal. And, um, you know, that was obviously the whole move with Julio, which, like you said, we saw it in this game, what a player like that can do. But I think what we also saw in this game was, like, how valuable it is to for them to stick to their, like, culture and stick to their game plan that they've had that has made them the contender that we're talking about, that uh, a guy like Julio was so excited to even, like, go to and stuff. So, um I just think relying on Derrick Henry and making Derrick Henry the focal point of this or keeping Derrick Henry the focal point of this offense is so important. And like, yeah, as great as it is that you have, you know, a Ryan Tannehill who can get the job done with like two elite weapons and stuff. Um, I think just like really, really focusing on like, like even if you have to go like over the top of like just feeding Derrick Henry the ball and it's like, okay, sweet. Like anytime you do need that relief, you have like, the elite passing attack that they can potentially have in those moments, I think it could be unstoppable. But in my opinion, doing what they tried to do week one, where not necessarily fade away from Derrick Henry. I don't think that was like their game script or anything like that, but I do think it was their game script to get Julio involved. And when have the Tennessee Titans ever gone into a football game, you know, trying to pass first on certain downs, trying to, you know, and in certain situations early in a game that can, make all the difference so I just think um the Seattle game was huge for them because not only going into a place like that and winning and uh you know taking over late like that the way that they did is so impressive but um 
also just like getting back to their game script. I think this was such an important game for Tennessee. Um, I think it could be pretty scary going forward to see how that can all start to click. Yeah, um, I'm really curious to see like, you know, them at their full powers with AJ Brown. He's a key start off a little slow as well. So him, um, Julio Derrick Henry, you know, if as long as Tannehill can, uh, you know, distribute evenly, you know, that's going to be a team to look out for, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're still, I don't think week one was anything necessarily to hit, like hang your hat on, um, especially with like, I don't know about you, but like with the shortened preseason and stuff like that, I think it was a little bit weird week one where there were some, um, maybe some scores that, you know, come week eight, come week nine are going to be kind of surprising in terms of like where they're at um, stature wise within the league and stuff. So um, hopefully that's not anything to uh, really look at moving forward, but uh, we'll obviously see in the next couple of weeks that they'll have to keep proving it. And I don't know. I wanted to think that they had like not the easiest schedule, but I could. Oh, no, they did have a super easy schedule. They have the Colts, Jets, and Jaguars coming up. So pretty good. Nice little run right there to kind of get something going. And then they go into the Bills and the Chiefs. So it, it is going to be exciting to watch uh, the Titans over the first half of the season, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you mentioned uh, kind of the strange scores that we saw week one, the first thing that comes to mind is, that Packers Saints game. Um, I think it was reported that Rodgers and the rest of the team didn't really have a full offseason to um, practice and like get together. And I think we saw some of that week one. Uh, they were on the road in Jacksonville and just looked, you know, um, completely out of sorts and in, out of sync. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I th- and I think a lot of uh, weird things like that across the board, just some sloppy play. And yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I think the Tennessee Titans and Cardinals game was a little bit strange how dominating that um, defensive line was against an offensive line that I think probably three podcasts from now, me, you and I are going to be talking about how that's one of the best in the league. And, oh, my God, you know, they're so dominating all this kind of crap. So mm-hmm. they gave up six sacks in that game to was it Chandler Jones. Taylor Lewan had a rough, rough day. I think he even tweeted that he said, like, I was awful. You know, I need to play better. Yeah, and it was almost, I mean, just guys like that, just straight up, like, admitting defeat. It was just it was just a weird week all around for me. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Titans are going to be, I mean, they'll be 4-1 and one going into that uh, that Bills game. That would be kind of fun. So, one of the uh, the, the number two seeds in the, uh, the AFC battling it out early, right? <laughs> so, um, let's head to the NFC. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it look, seems like, Brady and that offense hasn't skipped a beat at all. Um, they put up 45 points against the Falcons after um, a high-scoring performance against the Cowboys. You know, um, I think it makes sense that, you know, and we, we saw this coming uh, last year with the COVID offseason, a brand-new team roster. You know, they, they start off a little slow. Um, and now that they had a full season, including playoffs, and then another offseason uh, under their belt, you know, it seems like they're really clicking as to – uh, what we expected from from the team yeah it's um I, I'm almost just running out of things to say about Tom Brady football teams uh, I I don't know man it I feel like not, not that I keep doubting them but I just I don't believe that he could play to this level I don't believe that the teams are going to be 
as good as they are. I don't think that they're going to like, I mean, if you came out and told me that they're going to score as many points as they have. um, Yeah. I mean, I just wouldn't believe you. Uh, So I just, I think Tom Brady is just kind of becoming that guy that you just uh, not becoming that guy, but he still, regardless of age. And as long as he's going to be here, it's like, you can't sit there and say like, okay, like it's, it's gotta be that season where he shows those signs or anything like that. I just think um, as long as guys keep wanting to play for this guy, he's going to keep getting it done type of thing. Cause we, and I like, maybe that's what I want to talk about more is like these wide receivers and like all these like guys around him who keep like stepping up. And I don't know, man, it's just, it's pretty absurd to watch Antonio Brown have like, the comeback that he was having after nobody in the league freaking wanted him and, you know, Gronk coming out of retirement and stuff and still playing at his level when probably a lot of people would have counted a guy like that out. It's just, I don't know, man. It's just absurd what's going on in Tampa Bay. You got Bruce Arians just freaking babysitting them at this point. Like, not to take anything away from the guy, but he's just letting them all, he's just letting all those guys out there just do their damn thing. And it's just incredible. Yeah. I mean, you know, it seems like um, they're really feel like they have something special there and they're not, you know, worried about anything else. They re-signed, you know, the entire, what was the starting lineup from the Super Bowl team, which yeah. is unheard of. Um, so, yeah, it, I mean, it's honestly a little scary, I would say, because I don't know um, if or and when, you know, there's a team that can stop them, at least in the NFC. Yeah, and if you're looking at their division and trying to make a case about maybe the Saints, and you know we'll get into them later and stuff. It's just I, I just don't see a whole lot of I don't see a whole lot in the way of this team um, in terms of schedule, in terms of division, in terms of uh, conference, and who they're going up against. Uh, I just don't know who's going to be able to compete with them. So yeah, definitely scary. Yeah, let's head to the AFC. So. Two of the best teams uh, played each other week one, the Browns and the Chiefs. Browns came out strong early, um, but the Chiefs rallied, as they always do, with big plays and uh, barely eked out a win. Um, And then week two, we had the Ravens and Chiefs um, face off on Monday night where it was kind of the opposite. The Chiefs were up and the Ravens came back late uh, due to Clyde fumble that sealed the game. Um, So my question is, like, do do you have any concerns, even a little bit, about Kansas City? I know – there's, we hold them to such a high standard, um, or was it more that Cleveland and uh, Baltimore are just two very good teams? Is 15 still playing? <laughs> yeah. <that's> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> I think they'll be all right. Like, it, it is – I think the biggest thing is Clyde and, like, that – like, maybe that run game, but maybe not having a whole lot to hang – like, as we saw in the Super Bowl, like, when push comes to shove, like, you're going to need a team around like I can make that joke and stuff but you're gonna need a team around Patrick Mahomes um you're gonna need guys who can like compete and not make costly mistakes and uh you know that happening is exactly why they're sitting at one and one um right now otherwise I, I don't think I just think the story would be a little bit different if that fumble doesn't happen like yeah they were close games and they were you know all that stuff but if you're sitting at two and oh I don't think anybody says a thing like we, we could have talked about Tampa Bay's defense and how much, how many points they're giving up or something like that, but we don't because they're two and zero. So no, I'm not worried about anything going on in Kansas city. Um, 
I think once they start playing in their division, if they, you know, you know, how divisional matchups can always get and stuff like that. And with the Raiders looking a little um, scrappy and, uh, you know, everyone had the Chargers being the dark horse and stuff like that. And I don't know, man, I just think, I think we have to wait a little bit to say that we're worried about, I wouldn't say any team, but especially a team like the Chiefs. It's way too early to say something like that with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are, are, like you're not, you're not sitting there thinking that there's like holes in this team or anything like that, right? No. Um. Yeah, I think you said it. Like you know, it's too early, and the only thing I would say is the run game, um, because they haven't really done much of anything on the ground. But you know, obviously they have other parts of the of that offense that cover up those holes. So yeah, I'm just really uh, you know, really curious to see what happens in the AFC because we you know we have Cleveland who who's shown that they could play with anybody, you know, to go into, um, I believe that was in Kansas City, right, that game? So yeah. to, to play them that as well as anybody has played a Mahomes team um, in Arrowhead and, you know, like maybe a game that they feel like they should have won. Um, I think that, yeah, I think it would say it more speaks to the how good um, Cleveland and Baltimore are. And then you have the, the Steelers too, who, who, you know, kind of got it off slow, but I think uh, it'll be interesting to see who gets the, the top seeds in, in the AFC because it's going to be competitive for sure. Yeah. I think, um, like you said, I think it says a lot more about the other teams and especially Cleveland for me and just, uh, how they're ready to compete Baltimore. It, like, not that that was a must win for ball or yeah, not that it was a must win for Baltimore, but it, in a way it was. And, um, I just think Cleveland and, what kind of team like for a lot of for a lot of years we've been asking questions about Cleveland but especially the last couple um questions late in the season about them and I think building the uh what is it just building the gosh what's the word I'm like the character I guess to to go into such a big uh like you said go into a place like uh, Arrowhead and come out with a win is more than impressive so or not come out with a win but just come out with such like a competitive performance you know yeah I just think it uh says a lot more about them I am excited about Cleveland this year for sure um so we're gonna skip ahead Andy Dalton is hurt um he's officially been ruled out uh which means Justin Fields will be the starter this week against the Browns um you know this is something that I think Bears fans were like looking for they especially after week one, they didn't, you know, Andy Dalton didn't have the best performance. Um, and it seems like that offense didn't really get anything going other than David Montgomery. But um, yeah, Reese, like just Justin Fields, do you feel like this whole situation has been kind of interesting? You know, uh, Matt Nagy's maintained the whole time that Dalton's been the starter um, no matter what. So yeah. What, what are your, your thoughts hearing this news? I mean, Matt Nagy's way too freaking stubborn and thank God the football gods have his back here. <laughs> like I don't think it ever should have gone as far as it did. I thought maybe something would happen and like, I don't know, maybe just preseason wasn't electric enough. Uh, and maybe they were waiting for that moment, that play just to be like, okay, cool. Like Justin Fields is our starter now because everybody agrees that he has to be. And that never really happened in the preseason. So then he just kind of stuck with Andy Dalton. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I never got it. I never supported that decision. I thought, um, 
I don't know. I thought personally that when your job's on the line the way it was in that Nagy, that you got to go with a guy like Justin Fields. And I'm excited for this. I, I don't, I'm not expecting this guy to win rookie of the year, you know, lead this team to the playoffs necessarily, but I am expecting him to be a better and more exciting quarterback than Andy Dalton. And um, personally, I think having a guy like Andy Dalton behind him in this moment is going to be everything for him. And I think I said that the last time we talked about this and him getting drafted there. So I'm excited for him. I think, uh, you know, mistakes are going to be made. He's going to have a couple probably bad sacks, a couple bad interceptions, but um, I think the future I think he is the future for Chicago, so it's about time he gets in there. And to get in there with a good backup quarterback, I think, um, like Andy Dalton behind him, I think uh, it's going to be all right. What about you? Yeah, um, he's definitely, you know, more mobile, obviously. Um, Just can extend players with his feet. Um, And I think, you know, it just makes the Bears offense a lot more fun to watch, Um, you know, what the results are going to be. I think that's it to be seen. But you know, Dalton's been in the league for so long. You kind of know what you're getting with him. Um, he might, like, you know, lead you to, like, a, a 6-11 and 11 record. Um, but, you know, you're, you're, the quality of football is going to be pretty bad. Your fans are going to be upset. Um, so I think this is going to happen sooner or later um, because I, I don't think this, uh, this Bears team was going to compete for the playoffs. And, you know, might as well see what you have in your young quarterback. Yeah, I think he nailed it on the head with the fans, honestly, because for a long time they've been losing that fan, like pretty damn good fan base in terms of in terms of football standards and elite standards, uh, in terms of how far they go back and stuff. So I, I think it's not that you got to get on it now uh, too late. Like if it doesn't happen now, they're screwed or anything like that. I don't think the Bears are going anywhere. I don't think those fans are going anywhere. But yeah, I think he, it's about time you do something for them. Um, because for what, for like 20, 30 years, they've been doing things for the betterment of the football team and that hasn't gotten them freaking anywhere. So right, maybe just do something that's kind of exciting, do something that a lot of other teams in the league are just taking chances on which is just, you know, this elite mobile quarterback. Um, and I don't know. I think it'll be, like I said, I'm, I'm super excited for it. I think, uh, I think Justin Fields is, not that he's going to be like an absolute star or anything like that, but I think he's going to be a starting quarterback in the league and stuff for as long as he stays healthy. So, mm-hmm. and then once they get I, I wanted to say too, like yeah, having David Montgomery there and stuff, like they have a good team. So, mm-hmm. on Robinson is good too. Yeah, and obviously everyone knows about that defense, Cleo Mack, so and what they're capable of. So, it will, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe I spoke too soon about that playoff comment. You know, a, a, a change like this could uh, spark a team. So I, I'm just, I'm definitely going to be watching this one. I think a lot of people are. <laughs> yeah. So let's get to the questions, um, Reese. I'm just going to throw some questions at you, and just to pick your brain, let me know what you think. <laughs> Um, so Panthers, Raiders, Broncos are all two and zero. Oh, um, which of that is the most surprising? Um, probably the Panthers to me. Um, I think, and I think probably the biggest thing about the Panthers is um, 
not only with that being like a lot of new personnel there, obviously we know about like Sam Darnold and stuff like that, but it's this Matt rule. A lot of people don't believe in this whole college uh, coach switching over to the NFL. And we know he didn't have the best of years last year. That was obviously marred a little bit by injury and stuff like that. So I think uh, a lot of offseason questions that a lot of people didn't get answers to with the Panthers, with like Sam Darnold and how he was going to look and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think it's definitely them. And then I was actually looking it up before the podcast, and they have like a top five defense in the league too, which is pretty absurd to even like think about or even consider that the Carolina Panthers have a top five defense. But, um, right. Yeah. So I, I think everything about them has been pretty uh, surprising. I know they haven't had the toughest of schedules or anything like that. I know uh, week one was a little bit different in terms of storylines against the Jets and stuff like that, but that obviously isn't a very good team and they didn't win very convincingly or anything like that. But still, I think being 2-0, winning football games is hard in this league. And um, yeah, it would definitely be them for me. Um, but uh, do you think, like, were you going to go Raiders or Broncos on that one, or were you thinking the same thing? Um, I was actually thinking the Raiders because okay. – um, I'm glad you said that because I wanted to get them mentioned too. Yeah, so, um, you know, a lot of uh, – I, I guess a lot of shade to be thrown towards the Raiders uh, after how last season ended and, you know, John Gruden's, what, like, couldn't do it, washed up. Of course, it's so early in the season, but um, – to go two and zero against uh, the Steelers and the Ravens, I think is impressive. Especially uh, last week, they had they were on the road and held the Steelers to only seventeen points. Um, so you know, I have to give them credit. You know, they pulled out a crazy game against the Ravens week one. Um, their defense has actually, uh, you know, been really good. Derek Carr has been making some great throws. Um, he had a bomb to Henry Ruggs last week, um, and you know, I feel like he's. It's, it's obviously been only two weeks, but he's slowly, you know, maybe looking like the old Derek Carr that we saw uh, when he was a potential MVP candidate a couple of years ago. So uh, maybe something to look out for. Raiders, Raiders might be a sneaky playoff team. Um, you know, there was going to be at least one of those in the AFC because uh, there's, what, seven spots. So, you know, one of, one of these teams that's, that's in the tier of the, uh, you know, Raiders, Broncos, Dolphins, you know, one of those, those teams are going to sneak in. So it might be the Raiders. Yeah, no, I, and that's why I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned the Raiders, especially just because of their schedule. I mean, it's been it's been impressive for them to win that they the way that they have. Um, and especially with Derek Carr, like you said, playing the way that he has. It's been um I always thought that Derek Carr was one of the most disrespected quarterbacks in the league. And I think this year might be one of those years that he kind of proves it. And uh, like for example, all offseason, a lot of people are throwing all that shade with uh, Tom Brady's interview and stuff like that, thinking that, oh, yeah. like, I think a lot of people were questioning who he was talking about, whether or not it was Chicago with Andy Dalton or Las Vegas with Derek Carr, you know, and, like, I just, like, I mean, personally, I just, I didn't really get into all that stuff. I didn't try to, like, guess all that stuff. I just personally thought, I was like, you know, who the hell, like, who cares what Tom Brady thinks about this guy? You know, it's like, I think Derek Carr is freaking legit. I've always thought he was legit. Like just as a Broncos fan who has seen him twice a year, he's never been a quarterback who's been fun to play against, you know? And it's like, 
what more can you ask other than like a quarterback that makes it hard on the defense, you know? And I don't know. I, I think Derek Carr's always had the talent and stuff. And now they definitely have a lot of the uh, personnel around him with uh, pass catchers and running backs and stuff. And yeah, if that defense steps up, then like you said, this is uh, definitely a dark horse uh, playoff team. And once they get into playoffs, it's not a team that I think people really want to see. So, right. You know, trying to contain Darren Waller. You know, I don't think anybody wants to see that man in the playoffs. So, uh, speaking of the Steelers, they had a bit of a slow start. Um, at least offensively, they, you know, struggled against the Bills, even though they pulled out a win. And then, you know, at home against the Raiders, they only scored um, 17 points. So my question is, is Big Ben done? Like, is it over for him? Or has it been over already? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think it's been, um, the writing's been on the wall with Big Ben. And it's probably just like, and I hate to say it because I've always like, I've always respected the guy but it'll probably be injuries and stuff that really um, get him, I guess. Like he's been such a, like quarterbacks, not like, I think we forget, like when we talk about Tom Brady and stuff like that and his batch of quarterbacks and stuff like that, I think a lot of people forget that. Like, I mean, I don't know about you. I know big Ben was definitely like one of the younger quarterbacks when he came in around that time, but like, Big Ben's still in that, like, batch of, like, Eli Manning, you know, like, all of those, like, old guy quarterbacks and stuff like that. He's still playing, too, and no, he's not playing at a high level, and, yeah, maybe he should have got out when Eli got out type of thing, but um, but he still has a really good team around him, and that's obviously why he's um, stuck around. So if he stays healthy, then why can't big Ben alter his game a little bit to become the check down guy with like, I don't know. I I think he can still, I think this team can still be competitive and stuff like that. It's just, they're in such a tough division and um, I don't know. I, 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 it's obviously sad to watch such a like legendary quarterback and stuff like that, like just fiddle out the way that he is and stuff. But um yeah, it's definitely it's definitely it for him. If this isn't his last season, then what the hell are you doing, Big Ben? <laughs> um, so going from a an old quarterback at the end of his career to young quarterback. Um, so I have Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones. Uh, you can, you know, insert any other young QB, but just basically, is there a young quarterback that surprised you um, so far early in the season? Let me. You can also like say wait and see if you if you like you know. Yeah, I was just. I mean, of the, like, I mean, I think of like the rookie quarterbacks. Like, if we're thinking of those guys, um, I've been a little. I've been pretty impressed with Trevor Lawrence. Um, I was never expecting a whole lot with the Jacks, like with the situation that he's in and stuff, but. Um, making the most of it and making the most of every drive, every pass, every play, I think is all that he can do. They're not going to win a whole lot of football games. He's not going to throw for 350 yards in his rookie year. I mean, if he does, it would be impressive, but like, I just think sitting there reading NFL defenses, sitting in the pocket, taking those hits, that's everything that we want to see from this guy right now. And honestly, I've been pretty impressed with him. I think that, 
we'll see if he's worth the hype of the number one overall pick and stuff like that. But um, I do think that he was drafted. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think that they spent their number one overall pick on the right guy, in my opinion. Um, and obviously we'll see once they actually get talent around this guy, um, what he can do, but I think he's already proving that he can actually, he can at least like hang in the pocket and he can at least compete. Um, but it's a little un, like weird for me to like go with him. So for me, I mean, dude, my young quarterback is, <laughs> it's, probably kind of stupid but Kyler Murray just stupid in terms of how obvious it is but I think just everything with that Cardinals um, team has been pretty ridiculous and I think he's probably the early front runner like if you had to after two weeks and I had to do my way too early MVP candidate it would probably be him as the easy front runner so Mm -hmm. yeah I mean he's uh, you know taking that that leap from so far this season, from good quarterback to a great quarterback. So, I mean, he, uh, he, he's proven that he can lead a team, you know, to the next level and stuff. But what about you? Do you have any of those young quarterbacks that you like? Um, I think Jalen Hurts. So this kind of goes from last year. I think he, you know, when he was thrown into the fire, essentially, with that team, I think he looked really good. Um, there was that game against the Packers where he was making plays, um, you know, making stuff happen. Um, he, had a, he had a really nice uh, touchdown in the corner of his zone. So I think, you know, he's just building on that. You know, this season he, he's been given the reins. Um, and I think he's only going to get better, to be honest. Um, you know, they haven't really done a great job of surrounding him with weapons. They have Devontae Smith, but, you know, Miles Sanders is decent. Um, Goddard and Ertz. I, Ertz is hurt, and I feel like they're up and down, and that defense has been – Okay, so, um, you know, I think the he's, he's just going to get better. And I feel like he's he's kind of maybe in a quarterback type like Justin Fields, you know, make scramble and make throws uh, on the run. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see how his career goes. Yeah, no, and, I, and I've been rooting for him since day one. So happy to see that he's doing well. I mean, uh, must have been a pretty shitty feeling when you come in, you play the way that you do, and your head coach doesn't back you. So I'm glad the organization has backed him, and it's a pretty damn good one to, to have in your corner, in my opinion. So um, I think it'll be um, – I think he'll be all right. And in terms of time, I think he has it there in, in Philadelphia. And – I think he's already proven that he can make the most of uh, most of the situations, no matter how crappy they can be. Um, So, yeah, this guy gives me, I think I've said it before, that he gives me total uh, Baker Mayfield vibes just with their competitive attitude and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm really rooting for him. And I'm glad that you mentioned him. Uh, So let's get to our game previews. We have some good ones uh, for week three. Um, I have the line here too. So first one is Chargers, Chiefs. Um, Chiefs are six and a half favorites. Um, I'm really excited and, and happy that we get Mahomes versus Herbert uh, twice a year. Um, you know, two very fun offenses in what should be a, a high scoring game. Um, a lot of playmakers, and this is a big game for you as well. Um, you know, AFC West West matchup. 
Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned earlier with the Chiefs, it's all going to come down to their uh, their divisional matchups, and I didn't realize that they had one next. So, um, yeah, I think this one's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think more so as much as we were talking about the Chiefs and stuff like that, I think this will be an interesting ch- test for the Chargers, obviously with the head coach and, or a new head coach coming in there and stuff. Um It'll be interesting to see how they're able to compete or whether or not they get completely blown out of the water here. But uh, regardless, I'm just expecting Justin Herbert to go off for like 300 yards. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that Chiefs defense um, has looked very vulnerable. Yeah. So I could, uh, you know, Herbert he, in his first start, right, against Kansas City last year, he, he, he um, you know, played really well. And he's shown flashes of, of being a great quarterback. So, um, yeah, I expect like Keenan Allen to have a big game. Um, the secondary has, sh- is weak- has shown weaknesses, Austin Eckler as well. Um, and that's all not only because I have both of them, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it should be, it should be a fun one. Right, do you have a pick you're going to make um, for this one? Uh, I'm going Chiefs on this one. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm thinking we could just do like a who's going to cover. Or yeah, I was gonna say even with their because six and a half, obviously, I'd still say they cover. Okay, I'll mark it down. Um, next one, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Rams. Actually, you know, I'm gonna take the Chiefs too. I didn't try to mention, but uh, so we have the Rams and the Buccaneers. Um, this is a rematch from last year. Uh, Rams beat Tampa Bay, um, two of the best teams in the NFC, in my opinion, go, coming to L.A. Um, you know, uh, I feel like the Rams are um, the perfect team to kind of disrupt this offense because of Aaron Donald and the interior pressure that uh, the defensive line can get in. You know, historically, uh, Tom Brady, you know, one, one of his very few weaknesses is um, having, you know, pressure in the pocket and that's how the you know we saw the Giants beat them how the Broncos beat them in the playoffs um so I think this defense can, can give them problems um and that's not even mentioning you know Jalen Ramsey in the secondary so I think as long as the offense can put up points I I, I you know it's hard for me to not be a homer but I I, I do like the Rams in this one yeah I mean I <laughs> I just like the Rams in this one just because of everything about like this is the first, uh, I mean, Super Bowl champs at SoFi and stuff like that. I think that's going to be pretty fun. Um, and just like one of the first, like, I know they had Sunday Night Football and we said everything we did about that crowd, but this is going to be like everything coming out of that game. People were talking about like how freaking loud it was. Like it was absurdly loud in that. I mean, even even coming out of uh, the Cowboys playing at the Chargers last weekend and stuff, people were talking about how absurdly loud the Cowboys fans were. And, like, mm-hmm. you walk out of that stadium with your ears ringing and stuff. So just the idea of uh, the Bucks coming in for such a, a high-profile matchup, um, I, I think this one's going to be really, really exciting. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Rams just because of the whole home field advantage and uh, just because of emotions and stuff. Um I don't necessarily think they're the better football team. I'm sorry, uh, but I, I think somebody at some point, like you said, has to slow down Tom Brady and be better than Aaron Donald. So, next one we have the New Orleans Saints uh, coming into New England, 
face off the Patriots. Patriots are three-point favorites. This one is really interesting because, you know, it's a matchup of Sean Payton versus Belichick. You have, um, you know, Belichick trying to figure out how to slow down Kamara and just, you know, Sean Payton trying to figure out how to, you know, out-chess and out-duel his, uh, you know, arguably the greatest coach of all time. So just, like, what are your thoughts from this one? Um, I mean, like we said, I think week one was a little bit of an outlier uh, with the Saints. So I'm a little worried about them, especially going in. If this was at home for the Saints, I think it would be a little bit of a different story. But, um, you know, Mac Jones coming off of his first win, feeling like he, okay, you know, like he belongs in this league and stuff. Um, going up against a defense that I'm not too worried about. Um, yeah, I just think Bill Belichick's just probably going to have his way in this one. He's kind of, I mean, I don't know what the stats are, but I think he's probably kind of always had his way with Sean Baton and stuff uh, in history and stuff. So I, I just think given that it's such a small spread and stuff, I, I'll take Patriots in this one. I think Mac Jones has a, a nice solid Nice solid win at home. His debut uh, Gillette win. So, you know, yeah, three point line is like really close. I think that Vegas feels like they're two very evenly matched teams. Um, I'm gonna go with the Saints on this one. I think uh, Champagne has something dialed up for the Patriots. Um, I think the offense will click a little bit more, um, and I think the defense will will do just enough to force some turnovers uh, on the young quarterback. You know, they have playmakers on this offense. So I think that it just – I think they'll pull out a close one. Yeah. Fair. Fair enough. <laughs> In the last one, uh, we have the Green Bay Packers against the Niners. The Niners have kind of been uh, the thorn in the Packers' side, um, knocking them out of two NFC Championship games um, and two games that weren't even close. Um, so they'll look to, you know, have some revenge – in San Francisco, um, you know, the first two games, uh, I, I think both teams kind of showed their weaknesses and their strengths. You know, the Packers took care of the Lions and the Niners had um, almost blew, you know, a massive lead in, in Detroit. But, uh, yeah, which way are you leading, Reese? Uh, you know, this one's actually pretty hard for me just because <clears throat> I don't know about the Packers yet. I'm not – I'm not convinced one way or the other on them. I'm not convinced that this whole team's bought in yet and that they're, that they're going to be like a championship caliber team. Um, I think for a long time, just the play of Aaron Rodgers has masked a lot of problems and stuff. And until he starts playing at like an MVP, you know, goat caliber level, um, we're going to be asking those questions, but on the other side, I mean, 49ers aren't, don't have <laughs> much better answers at QB position, especially this year. So uh, given the line and stuff, I, I don't trust the 49ers in this one. So I'll take the Packers on that. But um, I don't know, man. I, I still think the 49ers at home <clears throat> with a defense that I'm not completely convinced that this is the 49ers defense that we've been seeing and stuff, but uh, I also don't think it's the Packers offense that uh, we've seen definitely masked by a monster performance by Aaron Jones last week. So yeah, you know, I, I think I'll take the 49ers uh, on the line here. So 
but in terms of the game, I still think the, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not convinced, I guess. What about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, this one is tough. Um, you know, I, I want to pick the, the home team. They've, you know, build a, been beating the Packers, uh, but I really think this is going to be the, the week that the Packers finally, you know, get over the hump. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Niners are dealing with a lot of injuries in their backfield. Um, I think they're on their third or fourth running back right now. Um, Kittle has kind of had a slow start to the season, you know, um, at least receiving wise. Um, I think Rodgers will will be able to move the ball a little bit um, on the defense and, you know, some Jimmy turnovers will, will flip the game. Um, so I'm going to take the Packers uh, by a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I, I'm even taking the Packers to win this game the more that I think about it. Just with uh, Aaron Rodgers back in the Bay and stuff. And I actually forgot about the injuries that they have at running back, the 49ers. So I think for the Packers. Uh, yeah, I, I think this one just, just goes slightly in their favor. As much as I think we want it to be like the 49ers, you know, at home on Sunday night football kind of break out of their shell, but I just don't think they get it done. Not not saying that that answers any more questions about the Packers, though. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to do our fantasy check-in. We're just going to you know, briefly talk about our fantasy leagues and have a stud and a dud of the week. So a player who was a stud and a player who was dud. Um, I, I can start it off. So I had a pretty uh, – Rough week one. Um, I went one and two in my leagues, and in two of them, I scored less than eighty points. So, not the <laughs> ideal start. Um, but I had a pretty good week two. Uh, went three and zero oh in all my leagues, um, and scored over one hundred twenty in each and every one of them. So, you know, that's just that's just how fantasy is. You know, you have your ups, you have your downs. Um, <laughs> I just want to also want to just point out. Uh, Christian Manalo, the money team. Um, so I put in a rave request. Oh, it's getting personal. So I, <laughs> I hope he sees this. I put in a. I'm playing him this week. I put in a waiver request for the Panthers defense. For we're, we have a fantasy budget for four dollars. This dude puts up ten dollars for a defense. Um, I didn't think he'd be anyone would spend that much on the defense. And now I have to see the Carolina Panthers defense line up against me on uh, tomorrow. Uh, for the Thursday night matchup, which I'm not happy about <laughs> because I have the Panthers in another league as well. So it's like, do I want them to do well? You know, I want them to do good, but I guess not too good. I like, um, how, yeah. he, I like how he just said screw it and just threw the $10 down too. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, last year we had two, a $200 budget. Yeah. But this year is $100. And I saw that and I was like, oh, wait, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, be as crazy as I was last year because we have an extra week. You know, it's a long season. Um, but hey, you know, some people um like some spending money more than others. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and other people in our league, like freaking Thaddeus spending $80 on Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. yeah, and he's hurt, right? He's not even playing this week, so um <laughs> oh, a lot of question marks. A lot of question marks. <laughs> a lot of question marks with our with our free agency budget. So. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so my start of the week, this is pretty easy. Uh, Derrick Henry showing why uh, and who he is. Um, easy. I mean, 200 total yards, three touchdowns, just absolutely took over in the second half, 60 yard touchdown run. Um, you know, he has these games uh, where he, he'll just single handedly win you the week. And 
you know, yeah. I didn't need all 44 points this week, but I'll gladly take them. <laughs> Must have been nice. All right, Reese, how about you? Um, okay, well. Oh, wait, sorry. I didn't see my dud. Um, so oh, I, yeah. dud, I have to say it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's kind of got onto a slow start, um, fumbled the, the ball at the end of the game um, on Monday night, Sunday night. Um, and I also have him in two leagues, so it stings a little bit more. But, you know, I think he could, he could definitely pick it up in that offense. Sorry, Reese, go yeah, no, I, I don't think you have a whole – hopefully as a second running back, not a whole lot to worry about with Clyde, but he'll be all right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I started off with a dub uh, in this league, a close one. Uh, dude, actually, I should actually probably talk about that because in week one I was sitting with uh, – I was sitting watching the game at a brewery with Bobby and Brandon watching the uh that was the Ravens that was the Ravens game that was going on and uh freaking I I basically won I was playing against Lamar Jackson and I watched my matchup lose on Monday Night Football because Lamar Jackson rushes right and he gets a couple yards and I'm like oh my god it's done and then Lamar Jackson fumbles and I ended up winning by 1.4 points or something. So he had literally taken the taken the lead by 0.6. And then a Lamar Jackson fumble ended up winning for me. So probably a little bit of a lucky win. And then I ended up getting smacked last weekend. So I don't think a star of the week or a stud of the week even really counts when you get smacked at. But Kyler Murray went off. He had 33 points and he's been a stud both weeks. He's had 33 points both weeks. So this guy's been pretty ridiculous so far. So definitely my stud. In terms of my dud, I mean, Alvin Kamara was kind of the easy dud last week. But just in terms of like week over week, I drafted the Baltimore defense thinking that they were going to be solid and they've been absolute shit so far. So they're mm-hmm. probably going to be my dud of the week because everyone always wants to go skill players, but I like kickers and freaking defenses are important and my defense sucks. And my kicker got his ass dropped this week. So, <laughs> so that's how it was going down there. Yeah. I mean, defenses and kickers win your games. So dude, championships. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm playing, as I mentioned, Christian, this week, you are playing uh, Ronick, I believe. Yeah. Um, how many leagues are you in this year? Uh, I'm in three. So I got commission my family league, I'm in obviously our league, and then I have a league with my San Diego friends. So, okay. Nice. And, and it, it, I feel like, I feel like this is a pretty important year for me because I wasn't that good in our homies league last year. So got a lot to prove there. I haven't won my San Diego league yet, so got to get back on top there. And then, you know, you always got to perform as commish. So (laughs) it's a big year for me. I got to win at least one of these leagues. Yeah, I'm in three as well. Um, And I would like to have – I had a pretty pretty bad season last year um, performance-wise and not up to par. Um, So looking to to write the ship – but you know, even though it's been two weeks, I for now, you know, I feel like my my teams uh are definitely built better long term this year than they were last year. I need my guys to start performing. I I, I need to I need to have a little pep talk. 
a little Saturday night, Sunday morning pep talk, I mean, they might be okay. The team meeting. Yeah, team meeting. <laughs> Got called players only meeting. <laughs> Say, yeah. Fuck this manager guy. <laughs> like week two, week three already. <laughs> Um, I, feel like, I, I feel like with our fantasy check-in we should start doing um we should start doing like a little like advice thing or something oh yeah like a start of the week or something or like a sit yeah week. like a start of the week or like sell high type i don't know just some sort of piece of advice or something i don't know okay yeah i don't know something that definitely way. i mean i feel like fantasy is you know, this is the time of year where it's just always on our mind, you know, or exactly. it's a 24 hour uh, sport, I guess. To yeah, dude, I, I hope people in the league aren't watching my, uh, my timestamps on my waiver wire ads. Because <laughs> last night I, I woke up at like 2.30 and I was like, oh, you know, like <laughs> Tuesday night and Wednesday morning waivers went there. <laughs> <laughs> so I freaking go on my phone and then I started doing stuff and I think I submitted something at like 3 14 in the morning or something. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's not, sport. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Um, I think that's all we have today. Um, we'll definitely be back talking about all the games, the results, fantasy, um, and everything NFL. We're just getting started in this um the longest season in ever in NFL history. I saw them advertising that. <laughs> um, so, so much to talk about. And um, yeah, we'll be back soon. Reese, thanks again for being on the show. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me as always. All right. Um, thank you guys for listening and catch you next time.